Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. LSU, as some people <laughs> tried to, oh, Blake, you, they didn't announce it. Correct the words. But LSU is the number five overall seed in this year's regional. We will talk about that here tonight as they have Oregon State, Sam Houston, and the Green Wave of Tulane. Going to be a fun regional. Some believe, I guess, maybe a lack of education on the subject uh, of these teams. You've played two of them. <laughs> you haven't played a third. Sam Houston is a completely different team that they were so many months ago when you faced them, and you have not seen Oregon State. And by the way, Tulane pulled off an outright miracle like Jesus feeding the 5,000 type of miracle winning the AAC, and now they are the four seed in the Baton Rouge Regional. We'll break it down all tonight. We have a massive week in store for you in reference to multiple people joining us this week. As we'll go out to Carvallis, we'll talk a little Tulane, we'll go down to Nolens, and maybe if we're lucky, we'll find somebody that covers Sam Houston State uh, to be on the show with us uh, this week. So a lot of baseball talk. It's exciting. I told you this told you this last week it is probably for me my favorite time of the year you have the NBA finals that also be on there's nothing better than regional baseball super regional baseball in Omaha and then you're itching your way in as SEC spring meetings start this week is the SEC going to eight are going to stay at eight conference games or they will go or will they go tonight we'll talk uh, talk on that uh, here tonight as well so massive show in store for you welcome for joining us if it's your first time don't do us a favor if you haven't so already hit that like button hit the subscribe if you're on youtube if you're following us on facebook as well you can follow the page are you serious sports network let's get to a couple comments before we get rolling i gotta give her a shout out man where is the where is it let me see if i can find it i gotta give her a shout out I see she's in the chat. There she is. Tasha Tiger Thibodeau. She sent your boy some hardware. Uh, let me, let me, let me go get it. She sent your boy some hardware. As we have the official Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeen's helmet that. You can't see this as the studio is almost done. This will be going up. It'll be put in a case. Uh, but it, for those listening to us on the audio, I'm sorry, and or radio, uh, it's Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeen signed LSU helmet. So to Tasha the Tiger Thibodeau, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me something 
uh, that will be will last in this family for a lifetime. So it's already put up. We got the case on the way, but if you haven't done so already, go to the Real Tiger Nation, uh, our Real LSU Tiger Nation on Facebook, the best group that there is. Uh, she says, we love you, Blake. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you uh, so much. Adam B. says, ah, that's the sources, eh? Don't forget, I've got a wedding coming up. That would be a very nice gift. Well, here's the thing, sir. Why would I give you a gift if I'm not even invited? The, the words that you said was, we can't invite Blake because his stanky leg will be, and I'm quoting, too stanky. So, yeah. <sighs> didn't even get an invite, man. Didn't even get, poo, I didn't even get an invite. After all I've done for them. <laughs> Which is absolutely nothing. But thank you again, Natasha, the Tiger Thibodeau. She is fantastic. Jake Roberts says, y'all don't forget to hit that like button. Absolutely, it helps us with that algorithm if you're on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that like and share. Uh, Ryan says, don't write off Christian Little. He's going to have to be ready in order to make a run at Omaha. Uh, you're not – I don't think he's technically wrong here. Um, But, man, you just can't say that in public without getting uh, absolutely ripped alive. Andrew Paul's up. Martin says, Heard is a go for Friday that he is. He can put down Tulane the way he's been out there. Exactly. Jake Roberts says, Blake, I got a $100 super chat if LSU wins it all. Well, Jake, I will hold you to that um, as well. Uh, Delton, who's in the chat with us, Delton Doucet says, I just want to let you all know that Levi was at the game's that we lost again. Yes, Levi's in the chat. Um, and I, I got to admit, Levi, if you go to any games in the regional, super regional, or Omaha, you will be blocked. <laughs> you will be blocked. Nathan E says, Blake, you heading to BR this weekend? You already know. You already know. We'll make it out there one day. Um, I don't know which day yet because we're with our company over at um, – believe we are uh doing the post game regional shows so uh 2 p.m starts lsu versus tulane on friday and we'll go all the way up uh, and do every post game show so we'll try to make it out there though uh brad went says i really hope Skeens is in the middle is in the middle of the regional he will be like game two elimination games instead of the start he will be in there bart smoky what's up bud says look for a higher pitch count from Skeens and Ty Floyd. I don't disagree, but I don't know how much further Paul Skeens will go than 120, pitch, uh, 120 pitches that he had a couple weeks ago. But he's right. I mean, he's not going to get to 80, and Jay already addressed um, the matter that uh, he would if, – if Paul Skeens would not have been uh, on a pitch count, uh, but he was on a pitch count in Omaha – Around 75 to 80 pitches is what he wanted to attend for him to do. But obviously, Paul Skeens will not come out of that situation. We got a recap, Hoover. We have not discussed, you and I have not discussed with one another uh, since the Hoover tournament, since we won uh, against South Carolina. So we'll do that here tonight as well. Some things I did not like, some things I did like, and how that will transition in here to regional play. So let's get this started. Let's get this rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share, share to all of those social media groups. If you're listening to us on Facebook, we just talked about Tasha's. Do it there. Go show support. Go show some love. Always be in that group. If you're listening to us on YouTube, growing rapidly, when we want to continue to grow as the road to 10,000 starts today, as the road of Omaha started today for LSU, our road to 10,000 starts here today. Very close to 1,000 subscribers on Rafino and Joe show. We'll quote that show as we did it this morning. On this eight or nine conference game schedule, I gave you a little sourcing on that. What had been going around, it obviously came to fruition today as Greg Sankey has somewhat confirmed that it's likely to stay at the eight conference game uh, uh, for, L for uh, SEC football. So continue to hit that like and share. Retweet if you're on Twitter. 
If you're listening to us on radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe as well. We greatly appreciate you doing that. All right, so let's do this. Let's talk about our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons and our good friends over at Bet Online. Stay tuned. We'll be back next. Don't go anywhere because we got a lot to discuss. Oregon State, they're a really tough team. We discuss it next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales, no job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno & Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back. Trey Patton says, thoughts on the overall field. Well, here's the truth. I was outright surprised that South Carolina was a hosting hosting site and was the top 16. What I also believe, okay, is... A lot of people are arguing and, and moaning and complaining about the RPI. Oh, no. Why didn't Campbell become a host region site? Well, they were going to have to rent a AAA ballpark uh, to do so. They couldn't even do it at their own stadium. Uh, another thing with that as well that I want to make very clear, wins and losses aren't created equally when it comes to the SEC. The SEC broke a record having eight of the 16, so half of the – host regional sites, I think they did a fair job. I think, look, and and look, I'm going to talk about this. So let's do this. Let's transition here. Um, I'll get to some of these comments in just a minute, but let's start with that. Because last night, really and truthfully, you can go down our Twitter and I try to send hints. I think that you know when it comes to some of the things that we hear in reference to teams that are getting in, we, I, I will not put it out there if I'm not pretty damn certain that these teams are going to get in. Last time, last night around, I want to say 7.30 when I started tweeting it, it started to come out that um, ULL was going to get in. They're a good team, man. So is Nichols. And I think Louisiana as a whole, all the teams, Got some pretty favorable matchups. You don't want all Louisiana teams, or at least I think that I'm pretty sure from what I've heard from talking to people is that you did they did not want to put all Louisiana teams in one regional and let them battle it out. Maybe Nichols can go to their regional. Maybe ULO can go to their regional in Miami and possibly win the thing. Who knows? Now, can they? Will they? Probably not. But we will see. You never know. It is baseball. I thought that they – I was really surprised that Columbia was a host site. But UC Irvine, I know a lot of people are playing on that one. I went and looked up UC Irvine. Now, they swept Tulane. They had some decent mid, uh, midweek games that they won. I think they beat South Carolina, uh, USC a couple of times. But you go down that list, they lose a series to Kansas State. They lose a lot of series – in their own conference, that's not going to bode well. So you can't lose to really bad teams and get swept by a really bad team and then think that you're going to get in. So I thought that it was overall uh, pretty good. But let's talk about this Baton Rouge Regional here for just a minute. So there are two thoughts that I have. Number one, 
it's a very winnable region. You can get to Omaha with the teams that are selected to play in your regional. But it's not going to be easy. You face Sam Houston State before. You beat them. You run-ruled them. You play Tulane. You beat them before. Tulane is a team that, quite honestly, maybe shouldn't be in there, but they won their conference tournament. They've looked good. They got hot over the last week, and look what happened to them. Taking down ECU on Sunday to win the championship, they've looked pretty good. They don't have enough to beat anybody, in my opinion, um, over a couple-game stretch. I don't think they can beat anybody in this regional that you have. But Oregon State's in there, and you've had, and we have had, and LSU has had a very long history, if you will, with them. Now, you have not hosted, if you're LSU, you have not hosted a regional since 2019. And it's good, it feels good to get back there, right? Dylan Cruz, it would have been criminal if Dylan Cruz would have never played at Alex Box in a regional. Absolutely criminal. You get Paul Skeens there. But you have a lot of history with Oregon State. You go back to 2017. You go back to 2018 where Oregon State, who won the national title that year, absolutely kicked your ass, right? Beat you down. The best team in college baseball. But you did something in 2017. You got run-rolled in game uh, – not run-rolled, but you got clobbered in game one. And then you beat Oregon State again. You go on to play for a national title, which you do ultimately lose, and I get that. But the history here with Oregon State is something. Last night I tweeted this again, and I'm going to tell you this. Somebody asked me a question. I think his name was John, and said, Blake, what are you hearing about teams in the region before it was announced? For what it's worth, and you remember this, at what was it, 2021, Paul Maneri's last year when LSU got sent out to Oregon. When Oregon was the host site, they love sending Pac-12 teams into the SEC that have had decent seasons. Now, when I look at Oregon State and have watched Oregon State multiple times this year, I watched them when they played Arizona in a very wild game uh, in this tournament. They have dudes that can really hit. But I will tell you, they are a lot like what you would expect in reference to they kind of embody a lot of what you do. A lot of dudes are going to come to the plate and going to swing the stick at a high level. Problem is, I don't know if they have the starters or the bullpen that can come in and lock you down if you're LSU for multiple innings in on end. Let me give an example. Jacob Katz is giving is getting hit. The batting average against him is 258. And then Trent Sellers has a batting average against, so guys are hitting 257 off of him. What do you think LSU is going to do to that? So when you look at a team like Oregon State, when you look at a team that had a decent season out west in the Pac-12, you got Travis Bazana who's hitting 379. You got Michael McDowell that's hitting 343. And those stats might you might overlook them and say, "Oh, well this guy has a hot average." But just go look a couple of games. I tweeted that as well, some games that you can look up and watch them play. They can really hit. They don't hit for a lot of power. But situationally, they do everything well. Defensively, they do a lot of things well. So when I look at them, they're not an easy walkthrough team. They have MLB dudes, but they do not have the firepower that you do. Here's the caveat to that, because we have not talked to each other since, the, uh, since I think, what was it, South Carolina, or, or Thursday or Friday, I forget when our last show was, but we have not talked about what happened in Hoover live and in living person. If you play like you did in some of these games, you're going to struggle. Now, Arkansas, okay, you face the two best left-handed dudes that you're going to see in this entire tournament. But they've pitched 19 innings against you and quite honestly has locked you down. That's the truth. 19 innings, Hunter Holland and Hogan Smith legitimately went out there and shoved. No pause. Okay, I can understand that. You were, I think, if memory serves me correct, you were two, or, two for 17 with runners in scoring position. 
You turn right around, though, and play Texas A&M where you go 3 of 20. And Jim Sloshnagel, Texas A&M's head coach, told you what he thinks. The statistics and what I see at LSU when you put a lefty on the mound, I think is the best chance to beat them. Now, later this week, we're going to find out if Oregon State has some left-handed arms that can do some good things. We'll find that out. And we are going to see that. But you have a coach that's been to multiple College World Series that's forgotten more about baseball than you and I combined. And he told you the formula. Here's the truth. We both went into this into this uh, SEC tournament thinking, well, the bullpen's got to step up. And you're not wrong, right? You weren't wrong in that take because the bullpen had been suspect. The one thing that I like the most – the one thing that I like the most is that you got great performances by guys like Nate Ackenhausen against a team, whether you like it, love it, or hate it, is a regional host site in South Carolina. You got Riley Cooper, who he gives up a hit that scores two runs, but after that is, is completely locked down. Here's something that's interesting. In those two games against Arkansas and South Carolina, your bullpen gave up two hits and no earned runs on themselves. Now, Cooper gave up the hit, but and which scored a couple runs, but those runs go on Paul Skeens, not on Riley Cooper. He gave up one hit against Arkansas's best hitter. Your bullpen did some really good things. Against Texas A&M, I do not know why Jay went with Sam Dutton, but he did. He did. It backfired completely. So, when it comes to Nate Ackenhausen, I think you know what you're going to get. I think that even though Riley Cooper has struggled at times this season, when he's locked in and focused, you can get a very, really good performance out of Riley Cooper. The problem is, when you get past those two dudes, then what? Then what? We talked about this last week. Thatcher Hurd has been really good over the last couple of uh, outings that he's had, the start against South Carolina, and the outing he had against Georgia after giving up those two home runs. He's been and looks pretty good. I feel that he's going to do a really good job against Tulane. But you cannot, you cannot be ineffective and hit 136 with runners in scoring position if you're LSU and think you can win a regional, a super regional, or get to Omaha and win the thing. Now, one thing that I feel good about, and I know that you do as well, the likelihood and chances of teams holding down this offense for a long stretch of time is not very likely. There is not a team in your regional that is better than what you saw last week. I don't think Oregon State, Oregon State is better than Texas A&M. I think they get, give South Carolina a run for their money. They're not better than Arkansas. And then you're paired up with our boys out there in the bluegrass with Kentucky. You have a path to Omaha. Can you seize it? Can you take it? Are there some concerns, some thoughts that you may have about this team right now currently? Yes. There's no other way around it. You got to get guys in with runners in scoring position. And I know, you know, a lot of people were questioning about when Gavin Dugas this past week tried to lay down a bunt with Hayden Travinsky on third base. But the truth was, and I get what, under, what Jay was trying to do there, you're not generating runs with runners on base any damn way. Why not try to do something and get some runs in? You are one of the most, if not the most, talented teams in the field. If the game would have gotten to us, if you could have gotten and beaten AM, you're not losing to Arkansas a second time. Excuse me, a second time. You wouldn't have. I don't think Arkansas is the best team in the field. I think they have flaws. Now, they got injuries, but they have flaws. When they have those two lefties going, they are pretty damn locked down. After that, they are not. 
it's time to put up or shut up because if you start losing now and those same situations, those same uh, blunders that you have start creeping up, you are going to lose. But here's the positive. I don't think you will. I think you can get through this regional. Let's try to get through it in three games. Let's try to get through it in three games and get to a Supers. Now, later in the week, we'll start talking about who's in Kentucky and in their regional who you're paired up with. But right now, we need to talk about Oregon State and Sam Houston State. Now, Sam Houston State is a team that you faced uh, this year already, and you put it on them. I think what started the scoring, if memory serves me correctly, is Brayden Jobert came up there and had a ball that really hasn't landed yet, and some believe it's on its way to Mars, and Elon Musk couldn't even stop it from getting there. They are a different team. Now, I tweeted this out as well. They beat a team this week to win their conference, the WAC. They were up 21-1. to They can hit. Now, the question that you will have in some of this, like if you're just stat stuff and supreming all this, like it's Taco Bell, you're not going to get everything that you need to know about Sam Houston State. But Jay Johnson did have some serious thoughts about Sam Houston State a couple months ago, and I quote, Sam Houston State's a team that's probably going to win their conference. Not only are they going to win their conference, they're probably going to be in a regional, and we might just see them again. Jay Johnson a month and a half ago. Two months ago, whatever that date is. But I went and listened to his press conference when he talked about Sam Houston State. When they were out there in, what was it, March with the D1 baseball thing. But that is his direct quote. They got guys like Tyler Davis, Joe Redfield, both hitting over 400. Uh, uh, Davis has 102 hits. Redfield has 95 hits. The question is, is who have they been playing? Because I can sit here and look at the teams that they did play, and it's not a laundry list like you will see in the SEC. But the regional always comes down. The super regional always comes down to one thing. We've seen it the last two years. What team is hot? What team is hot and has the momentum that can carry them through a regional, that can carry them through a super regional? Ole Miss did it last year. Mississippi State did it before. What team gets hot? You've been on the receiving end of getting beat by teams that are hot. You know, Coastal Carolina comes to mind. Stony Brook comes to mind. You can't take anybody lightly. Oh, and by the way, Tulane's in there as well. Who... I watched three of their games this weekend, and my God, are they playing like their hair is on fire. If a team scores a run, Tulane will come back and they will find a way to answer. Doesn't matter. And ECU, the team that they beat on Sunday, is not a scrub. They, If they would have won that, they more than likely and probably could have been a host seed themselves. But they didn't. Going to be interesting to see, man. Going to be really interesting to see. You got some really good regionals out there. We'll find it out. All right. Arthur, we'll get to the permanent opponent thing in, in just a little while. Uh, Bayou Bingle 84 says, we really need Christian Little to find it. Like it or not, he will be caught upon at some point. As scary as that is, I agree with you. He's got to throw strikes, man. He's just got to throw strikes. Right? Like, I mean... That's it with him. He's got the stuff. The strikeout showed that he's got he's got stuff. He just can't walk everybody. Chance Babin says Oregon State without Pat Casey as coach is less daunting. Very true, but some would make the argument. So is it around LSU without Skip Burtman? You can't take one of the best coaches of all time and say, oh, it's not as, it's not as tough of a task. You're damn right it's not as tough of a task. What if Skip was still here skipping? Uh, Father Abert says, Blake, why in the world would we be playing at 2 p.m. when it's going to be hotter and we're going to have less fans? You know what's interesting? I've seen a couple of teams um, going at the early game. I know that Arkansas is going at the early game. Um so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe rest. I, I, my thought would be that you you play that 2 p.m. game, you get some rest in, and there's no telling what's going to happen between Sam Houston State 
and Oregon State. Like, can Sam Houston State, with their ace, that being uh, Colton Atkinson, can they do some good things? Now, that dude, I, I, I don't know. I mean, both Sam Houston State's uh, – uh, 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 I guess I should say they're, they're kind of going back and forth, but two of their best arms. Opponents are hitting 290 off of Steven Beard and off of Atkinson. Teams are hitting 245 in that conference. We'll see, but they're not a slouch, man. They can really play. They can really hit. They're hot right now. I mean, go see, look, go look at the picture I, I put on, I post on Twitter. They really were being down the fight in Eddie Smith's. Legitimately. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Jay will have to explain that. Jay will have to explain that. Uh, Adam B with a good point that I did not bring up, uh, said 17 K's still make me want to puke. Yeah. You can strike out 17 times. Now we did a, uh, uh, spaces and we, and we walked through that. I mean, man, you can't, you can, I think, what was it? Uh, Paul's up. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, you struck out 32 times against Hunter Holland and Holland Smith, or Hagen Smith, uh, in two in two games. You learned nothing. You know what team? What Arkansas did learn? They learned what they needed to do on Paul Skeens. And my boy was out there throwing his. I mean, like they were reporting that Paul Skeens was his fastball was up to 103 miles an hour, y'all. And they didn't do anything impressive. They had one good inning. One good inning. And you couldn't capitalize in the other eight. It's just the truth. Which, that is a little scary. Can this team battle back? Now, you're never out of a game with this lineup. And one thing that we have not talked about uh, is Tommy Tanks. I'm going to be reserved here. Jay said he's going to be here this weekend. Fine by me. He didn't go in Hoover. Maybe he didn't need a day of rest. Let's get after it. Dylan Cruz, uh, Tommy Tanks, Paul Skeens, Ty Floyd, Trey Morgan, Cade Beloso, Hayden Travinsky. Some of these guys that either are, are, are the, the faces of your program or guys that have been here the longest, it's time to step up and get going. I know that you want it bad. Trey Morgan talked about that today. I don't want to be crying at a regional or super regional and not going somewhere. Let's go take it. There you go. Let's go take it to them. Because, guys, you're too... <laughs> okay. It's time to flip that switch. It's time to flip on that postseason switch. You know who turned theirs on? Vanderbilt. <laughs> Vandy. Now, just because you don't win your conference tournament doesn't really mean a whole lot. But you want to go out there and win. Bart Smolke says, Skip always played earlier games because of rest. There you go. And I'm not going to disagree with Skip. Uh, who am I to disagree, disagree with Skip? Paul Zub says 32 is the magic number. Yeah, you can't do that, man. You cannot strike out that much and think that you're going to do great things here, okay? You, you just – that cannot happen. It, it cannot happen. So, for whatever it's worth <sighs> – It stinks, man. It stinks. Because, let me get to this. Because in that Lexington Regional, now we'll we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this uh, later this week. In that Kentucky Regional, you have Ball State, Indiana, West Virginia. Now, I agree with Holden Lee in here, and he's right. West Virginia is not a team that you want to see right now. Because they're scrappy as hell. I, I, when I watch one of the games, they have a lefty, I think, that was throwing 92, 93, 94 miles an hour. Got a very difficult slider. So, and I can't remember that kid's name. Maybe I should should have written that, written that down. Jake Roberts says, it comes down to Cruz and Morgan getting going. Yeah, yeah you got you to gotta get going, man. You got to get going. 
You got to get you got to get moving. And I don't think that anybody here, here's the truth. If LSU does I'm going to I'm going to make I'm going to make this a thing. And I know that there's going to be baseball people that are going to rip me alive about this. If LSU does not make it out of this regional, it has everything to do with what they didn't do, meaning no team in this regional is better than you. They don't have more talent. Quite honestly, I don't think they have better coaching. I, I truly mean that. I truly feel that. You have – Jay is, is fantastic. And if there's a team or, or a guy that knows how Pac-12 baseball's played, knows how Oregon State wants to attack a lineup that and a team that he's coaching, he's going to know. He will know. I feel like Jay will know a little bit more about Oregon State than maybe what Oregon State will feel that they know about LSU. I mean – God's been in that conference, man. He's been in that conference. He's got a lot of contacts. He can pick up the phone and call anybody in that conference right now and say, what did you do? What worked on them? And hell, they might not even get to you. Who knows? Who knows? But you got to go take it to Tulane first. I think that you, that you will, but you never know with a hot team, man. You never know with a hot team. Brad says, who is that, Jake from State Farm? I don't know what that means. Kevin Dunn says, we took a lot of grooved fastballs versus A&M in Arkansas. Uh, those lefties at Arkansas broke you off with that slaughter. All up in your ass. No pause, poo. No pause. No pause. Zero. Zilts, nada. All right, a couple more, then we'll we'll, we'll start transitioning. Uh, I saw this a couple times. Matthew Dago brings it in here, though. Uh, I see it now. Uh, who do you think we pitch on Friday? I don't see a scenario for myself where you don't go Thatcher Hurt against Tulane. I mean, who else would you go? Coleman? Yeah. And let me see. Now, this is going to take a uh, – just bear with me. Bear with me. So I'm going to get to this because I saw this. Um, I looked this up earlier today just to kind of refresh my memory. I went back and watched the game uh, as well, but want to want to rehash this. So LSU, if you remember against Tulane, obviously beat them seven to five, but you look in this box score, okay? Thatcher Hurd did not go in that game. He is not, they have not seen you or seen him. Um, they have not seen him. So there's that. <laughs> or maybe he did. Maybe I'm missing something. Oh, wait, and here it is. Yeah, he did go. One inning in the ninth. He had a base on balls, two strikeouts, two wild pitches, three at bats. Uh, in that game, Christian Little started, uh, walked two guys, gave up no earned run or gave up an earned run. Blake Money gave up two earned runs. Bryce Collins through two and two-thirds innings, uh, was pretty shut out in that game. So they've seen him, Sam Dutton, which I don't think uh, you're going to have to have a lead on a team to bring him back in, in my opinion. Uh, Riley Cooper went uh, a one inning, and Thatcher Hurd went an inning. And you saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten uh, pitchers from Tulane. Now, Grant Clevenger is a guy for Tulane that I think you will see early. Because that dude really had a massive uh, week. Massive, massive week. But I do think you go Thatcher Hurd. Brad says, Blake, just a joke when you were talking with Matt Trent last week. What did we say? What did we say? Akeem Patiste says, as good a hitting team as LSU is, they can't knock in runners. Well, they couldn't knock in runners this weekend. I mean, you still have a guy with almost or with over 90 RBIs, but I agree with you uh, to some extent. They leave too many guys on base. Well, when you take a lot of pitches and you walk a lot, you are going to be suspect to leaving a lot of guys on base. But I will agree with you on this. They cannot do what they did in Hoover or they will get beat. Right? Like, they will get beat. So, you, I mean, you just can't do that. You just cannot do that. I mean, if you want to look at Sam Houston, the other team in, the, in your regional that you played, you won 16-4. to four. You had a massive game. 
Chase Shores, who's no longer with us. Um, not like that, but on the, you know, he's hurt. Him and Garrett Edwards really delivered. Garrett Edwards got the win, throwing three and one-thirds inning. Griffin Harry, went, who's also not with us, uh, <laughs> had an inning and one-third inning, and Blake Money pitched. So they have not seen any of your arms that will go this weekend. But I do think you go with Hurd. Uh, Paul Sun Martin says, Hurd starts follow with Nate Ackenhausen. Tulane has not seen him yet. That's true. That's true. Guys, listen, you can't worry about, you cannot worry about what would happen in a game four scenario. You got to attack it now. Like, I mean, you, you, everybody, listen, outside of maybe a Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd, um, maybe even a Paul Skeens, everybody's on deck. The really and truthfully, the only guy that it will not go out there, I obviously feel is Paul Skeens and um, Ty Floyd. But even if you have a, you have to ask Paul to go an inning for you because it means that you need to win. I think that they do that. I think that he'd do it because Jay wants to get out of this, guy, this damn regional. You know that and I know that. So we'll see. But if you if you were down to an elimination type of scenario, all hands on deck, man. All hands on deck. Now, would he throw skeins? I don't know that. I mean, depend I mean, if he threw 120 pitches on a Friday, okay, but you might not even have to go to the bullpen if Skeens is in there. But I don't think he'd lock down Oregon State like that. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Stephen Perler says, I think Blake Money is still solid uh, out of the bullpen. You're going to need him for sure. Justin Wells says, I'd be okay with Floyd starting Friday too. Uh, I, I don't like that. I don't like Ty Floyd starting on Friday at all. Not even remotely close. You really can't go wrong with uh, with him or her. I think that you can. We talked about this um, we talked about this the other night. Let me throw this out here about Ty Floyd. I might need to clip this um, at, at the end of the show. I definitely will clip and put it on YouTube. Um, but interesting, uh, in, there's something interesting about Ty Floyd that we're not that we're not talking about. Let me let me go through this. So Ty Floyd this year, people are hitting 166 off of Paul Skeens. Guys, teams are hitting 195. Off of Ty Floyd. Ty Floyd is 7-0 in the year. He's got 15 appearances and 13 starts. He has a 4.4 ERA. That literally is better than both guys that, that you will see at Oregon State. Um, Sellers being one that has a 1.5.13 uh, ERA. Jacob Cat, uh, Katz, I guess. Um, Nats, maybe. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He has a 4.71 ERA in 72 innings. Ty Floyd has 71 and two-thirds innings and has a 4.40 ERA in the SEC. You got you to gotta hold on to Ty Floyd for game, for game three. He's got to go game three. There's no, other, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it. Matthew says, why wouldn't you pitch Paul Friday? Just a question. Because I don't mean this in the wrong way. You're not going to pitch Paul Skeens against Tulane when you got Oregon State coming up next. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's going to be the same thing that you saw in, in Hoover with – I think that you're going to see the same lineup pitching-wise as what you saw in Hoover. I think that they got their cadence. I think they got a way that they want to attack their cadence in reference to that bullpen. That's how I feel. Maybe Jay sees something else. Maybe he thinks something different. It's just really hard for me to not see Thatcher Hurd going on Friday. And then Paul Skeen's right behind him. Okay. We do need a transition because we got to talk about this uh, eight and nine game. So don't leave and don't go anywhere because there's some big news coming out of SEC spring meetings. Is LSU about to play eight or nine, conf nine conference games? Looks like you're staying eight. We talked about that on the Rufino and Joe show this morning. I'm going to recap a little bit about that, and we'll we'll, we'll touch on that as well. And then we'll we'll talk some more baseball, and you can fire in 
your questions. But let's talk about our good friend, Carol Falls over at State Farm and our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Don't go anywhere. Back soon. Guys, you might know my good friend, Carol Falls, and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements by the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell me, your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. So in case you missed it, because, and I, I know I mentioned this earlier today, which made me think of why I didn't mention it earlier uh, in today's show. Today is Memorial Day, and we are, uh, you know, I never want to say like happy Memorial Day, but, you know, it's a time that we reflect and remember those who have laid down their lives for our country. Whether we like it, love it, or hate it, it is a free country. And for all those who serve and put their lives on the line, thank you. And all of those who have give, given literally the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Didn't matter where you were from, what religion you were, and what skin color. We, as a country, fight for freedom, or we are supposed to. I think we forgot about that a long time ago, though. I do feel like we have forgot about that a long, long time ago. Freedom comes at a price, and normally the currency is red. Thank you to all of those who served. Um... So, in case you missed it, I know it's Memorial Day, and but SEC spring meetings are underway here this week, down in 30A, down there in Destin. All the SEC coaches, head coaches, will be there, and Greg Sankey met with the media, shared some thoughts. One of them, and probably the biggest uh, thing that will be discussed this week is eight games in conference or nine games. Now, let me tell you where I'm at. Let me tell you where I stand. I don't mind nine nine conference games. Don't mind it. Don't mind it at all. As a player, you want to go and be able to experience playing every team in your, in your conference. Texas, Oklahoma, doesn't matter. You want to play every school in your conference, every team in your conference. It's really crappy that we've had Missouri and the SEC for over a decade, and LSU's only going up to Como to play once. Now, the only reason you played in Como was because of a hurricane. What was it, Matthew, I think, that was coming through, and you had to move the game from Baton Rouge up there to Como. It's no business, and you only play Missouri once in their home stadium and a natural disaster was the reason that it happened. Now, you'll have that luxury here, I think, oh, this year playing Missouri again. But here's also a thought that I had. And I talked about this this morning. I don't think that Saban wants it, and I think Saban's going to get what he wants. I know Brian Kelly has said he does not care 
if LSU plays eight conference game or not nine conference games, doesn't matter to him, but it wouldn't be anything different from him because he would usually play nine to 10 power five opponents every year when he was at Notre Dame. What's the strategic part of it though? Why is it unlikely that the SEC is not going to nine conference games and want to stay at eight? Well, here's my opinion. I, I mean, other than some of the things that we had heard and we had talked about on this platform and we had talked about there on the Rafino and Joe show this morning, go sub there if you haven't done so already if you're on YouTube. The bottom line is, is I think that they don't want to beat each other up more than what they have to. Now, whether it's fair, fun, it doesn't matter. It's not what they want to do. They're literally saying as much. Now, Greg Sankey was asked, what opinion does he have on eight or nine game conference scheduling? And he said, I'm not going to tell you what I told all the coaches in that room. But clearly, if it is not passing to go to nine, Saban and what would seem Mark Stoops from Kentucky, they do not want to go to nine. Now, you can say, well, Saban's scared. You can say... You know, he, you know, Saban just wants the easiest path. I don't really think that that's true. What I think is true is Saban did it in a year when he played 10 conference games. Doesn't bother him in the, in the slightest. What I also think Saban knows is, is that this is the toughest conference in the country and adding a team that does, even though I joke on them all the time, in Texas that recruits well and Oklahoma that recruits well as well, you could be in a scenario within a month. You could play Texas and LSU and Auburn. If they get right, that's still a tough game for like Alabama. Tennessee is kind of on the come up. So in a month, you could play those four teams and easily could lose two of them. Go two and two in the month of November. That's why they don't want to go to nine conference games. They want that rest and recovery game at the end of the year when you're playing Austin P before the Iron Bowl. That's what they want. LSU has it against Army, who I don't know if that's really a tune-up game. I mean, a team running the triple option doesn't sound fun to me at all. Nevertheless, nevertheless, they have good reasoning that they believe to go to eight. The problem with it is you want to see good, more good football, and I agree with you. Here's my thought, though. I know everybody keeps talking about these three permanent opponents that each team's going to have. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, though, of doing three permanent opponents and five rotating because you're trying to you're trying to get to somewhat of a pod system. But it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, I don't care either which way, but just a thought here. I don't know if they're going to do this at all, but kind of seems a little likely are they going to split the conference right down the middle and say this is the east and this is the west now i don't think that they will do that because and i think they have a somewhat of a pretty good idea of what they're going to do if they don't already know but could you imagine alabama auburn georgia and florida and tennessee in the east and lsu tennessee uh, lsu texas oklahoma texas a&m all in the other would be a pretty interesting conference. Not only would it be interesting, it'd be pretty damn good divisions. Now, if you want to rework it to put Alabama and Auburn into the West, doesn't bother me. I don't care about playing a team that I'm two and two against the last four years in football. They don't. The bottom line is, the S. It feels like the SEC wants a lesser path. But as we wrap this up, and just my opinion. They're not wrong. We can want better games. We can want you to play, you know, be able to have Oklahoma to come into LSU. I get that. I'm with you. I'm 1,000% with you. Here's the truth. Games are not ever created equally in the SEC. That's why I said last year at the end of football season, I didn't think that there was any business that TCU should have gotten in there. They didn't win their conference. They did not win their conference.
TCU's schedule is not the same, or really and truthfully, Ohio State's schedule is not the same as what you see every single week in the SEC. It's just not. Draft picks, recruiting, all that bears witness. You can have non-conference games. Sounds good to us. But at the for the time being, I get what they're doing. It's the it's an easier path in a conference that's always going to give you hell every week. Every week. Think about this. Think about this for just a minute. Football schedule. Let me pull this up so I don't miss games or I don't uh put ones that put ones that are in order. Think about this. Okay? You have Arkansas. Yeah, I agree with you. You can win that one. You probably are. You go to Ole Miss. Yeah, they're still a tough team. I think you can win that one. Missouri. Okay. Even though I'm a little higher on Missouri than maybe you are, I think Blake Baker, who was obviously the linebackers coach at LSU, they returned uh, was is really good. They returned top five returning production, and not just the conference, but the entire country. You got to go to Como, a place that you lost before. Auburn, Army, Alabama, Florida, Georgia State, Texas A&M. That's how the scheduling they want to keep it. Now, could you imagine this? Because LSU has Army and Georgia State in a month's span. In four games, in about a month's span, they have two teams that are G5 or independent. What if that Georgia State game on November 18th, you got to play Texas? They, for whatever it's worth, don't want that. It is what it is, man. You can like it, love it, or hate it, but it's not created equally. All right, let's get to a couple comments before we uh, uh, start transitioning out of here. Uh, Penn Jones says, Blake, Ty, for remembering those who lay uh, – or thank you. Blake, thank you for remembering those who laid down their lives for our freedom. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, no doubt. Swamp Donkey says, what you did for Memorial Day, Blake? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I have a photo, a video here. I can show you all. Hold on. If you're listening to us on radio or podcast, it really stinks for you, but I don't feel bad because I'm about to show you a video that doesn't really mean anything. I know it's probably tough to see, but look at Ben, look at ben Rafino right here swinging the stick. Brian Kelly's in trouble, man. Line drives. Line drives. My man is smashing baseballs right now. Ben Rafino is Brian Kelly's worst nightmare because the man needs to be a left tackle, but he's looking like Jared Jones. My man's crushing the baseball. Ask Matt Trent. Mashing the ball. And by the way, it warms my heart to death that my man loves baseball. Ben loves him some baseball, man. And look, for what it's worth, Megan and I do not force him. He was asked, hey, they're doing soccer at your school. I want to play. Sounds good. Not forcing him at all. My man wants to do it. The other night, the other night we stayed up for an hour after the show. With a wiffle ball and a wiffle bat, and, or a saw, uh, 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 what do you call one of those? Like a squeezy ball. It's like not going to hurt you. I mean, it's really light. And then another cloth baseball. And my man literally sat there and hit for an hour. Got mad when uh, I, I was like, all right, buddy, we're done. My dude was furious at me. You hear me? You hear me? So, yeah. Bart Smokey says, if we stay at eight, which they've kind of announced already um, that we are, do we have one permanent opponent team? I don't know, man. Bart, I, I, I wish I could tell you. I don't know. What makes, what makes sense to me, okay, this is what makes sense to me, is if you have 
eight teams on one side, eight teams on another. Just hear me out here. So you have 16 total teams, okay? You have seven conference games in a division already, right? Like, you're one of the eight teams. If you just split the teams down the middle geographically, you would just have seven permanent opponents and one from the other conference that I guess is maybe your other opponent, maybe. I don't know how they're doing this, but this pod system doesn't make a lot of sense to me because Alabama does not have the same permanent opponent or opponents as LSU does. I don't know how they're going to do it, man. I really don't know. I really don't know. Makes no sense to me. Paul's up says, then this makes expansion pointless uh, an even bigger cliff uh, cluster F on a scheduling issue. Well, I mean, it's what it's what they're announcing. I mean, go look at what Ross Dellinger said. I mean, they're staying at eight, and I I don't disagree with Paul's Hub here. Like right, like I I do not disagree with Paul's Hub whatsoever. I mean, he is right. He is right, man. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing wrong in what he said. Nothing. Because what does, I mean, what does it mean at that point? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I mean, what do I know? What do I know? I'm just a dude here. I'm just a dude here. What do I know? I know nothing. <laughs> All right. Let me get to this. Let me get to this. All right. Let's see here. Dane Bergeron says, Blake, glad Ben loves baseball. My oldest grandson grandson is on the Georgia State 10U team. Okay. Myrtle Beach in July. So you know where I will be then. I love that, Dane. I love that, man. I freaking love that. Yeah, my, my nephew, Cooper, he uh, he's in Georgia there, too. They're in, um, shit. Where are they at? I, I, um, but, Dane, they're in Georgia, too. They're in, they're in outside Atlanta. What, what, um, not Canton. I forget. I forget. I'd have to I'd have to go look at every time I, I, I why can I not think about where they are? Uh but they're in the greater Atlanta area. Uh Ryan says next year's LSU schedule to play two power five schools with UCLA and USC. Well, they'd be like playing nine conference games. It'd be like playing nine, man. I mean <laughs> but you don't have if you're LSU, so we just talked about this. Look, you do not have a difficult schedule. Down the stretch, if you're LSU, you just don't. In a month's span, you have Army and Georgia Southern, two teams that you should beat. You got Alabama in there as well. Now you got Texas A&M later in the later in the month. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But for what it's worth, the SEC does not want to go those nine games in conference, and strategically, it is better for a school in the SEC to finish and have as many teams to get to eight and nine wins as possible. It it just, it is what it is. And Greg Sankey is saying that he's letting coaches battle it out on what they want to do and good on him. It's not, it, it's not his decision. It's what makes Sankey the best commissioner in college athletics. He lets the coaches decide what they should do because they're in the trenches. And I will tell you, like the the TV series on HBO, I hope you watched this last night, in succession, look, man, power moves are being made by, by Saban. The difference between Nick Saban and Kendall Roy is he can actually close the deal. Which, by the way, Tom Wamscams. Wow. Wow. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. 
Yes, yes, yes. Ryan brings up a good point. More bowl bids mean more money. Here's another thing that we have not touched on. Now, this is this is an ultimate opinion, too. And I, I, I've said this before, but I hadn't said it tonight. The reason that the conference is staying at nine games, for me, not only is it more bids for bowl games, but let's talk about the bigger the bigger point here. Let's talk about the bigger fish. The playoff is expanding. Could there be a situation where a 10-2 LSU, could have done that last year, 10-2 Tennessee, saw it this past year, 10-2 Alabama, they don't want to add that extra conference game to make those teams not get to double digits. It is what it is. It has nothing to do with safety. It has nothing to do with going around the conference and playing everybody you can. It, it simply comes down to how many teams can we get in that playoff? When ADs and head coaches meet, you know, can, Saban can look across the room and say, hey, Lane, here's the truth, bud. You talk about not being able to get some of these kids in recruiting because of this situation or that situation. What if you played eight conference games instead of nine and you won 10 games like you did a couple seasons ago and now with the expanded playoff, by the way, Lane Kiffin, you're in. You're in, bud. 12 teams in this playoff. Hey, Kirby, you want to take a little pressure off of us just a little bit? Hey, man, you could lose the championship game. You're in the playoff. Oh, by the way, instead of playing the schedule that you've already been playing, now you don't have to add LSU or me at the end of the year, and we can both get there and make the playoff. That's what's being said. You can call me crazy all you want to. That is being, excuse me, that is being said. You cannot convince me otherwise. There's no reasoning other than strategically, strategically, how it's going down. No, they're not far from Kennesaw, Lucy, but they're not in Kennesaw. All right. Great show, man. Good to be back. A lot of people in the chat in the, in the chats tonight. I love it. I love it. All right. We'll see y'all tomorrow. We're going to be guesting it up. Maybe go out to Oregon State. Who knows? We'll see. Till then, we'll see y'all soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.